Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, topics, stipulations. First down, plated. it. Presenting topics for kind, easy to time, braided. Facts, keys to the city. We are locking the statements. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. What a show we got for you today. It is postseason baseball underway. The New York Yankees, our New York Yankees quest for hopefully 28 starts tonight. We'll talk about that. We'll be having Joe, not in studio, but we will still be getting Joe Aguirre joining us talking baseball postseason. Yesterday's take, wild card as well. The Tampa Bay Rays, excellent job the other night. Also, we'll be joined by the big old Kanish talking college football. Another huge week. Ted's Gators, how serious are they against the Tigers of Auburn as well? And then, you can, of course, you got the NFL. Talking New York Giants, New York Jets. What are they going to do with their franchise players? We'll talk about them. But let's start off with last night's game. What a game. What a game. What a performance by both quarterbacks. Let's, let's, here's my thing, and this is why last night proves that these teams, we're also going to be discussing teams that have to take chances on their current quarterbacks and move on. Kind of like the Seattle Seahawks did a, little, a, lo- a long time ago. We'll talk about that as well. But last night, everybody wants to talk about how great Russell Wilson is. But last night, I saw two of the best in the game last night. I saw Jared Goff play his heart out, play the, like a franchise quarterback last night. Almost 400 yards again, but Russell Wilson, being Russell Wilson, he is one of the most fascinating players I've ever seen in all the sports. The way that he continues each and every year to prove the doubters wrong. And me and you talk about it, Ted, and we talk about it with fantasy because it always comes up. Oh, I don't really want Russell Wilson because he doesn't have any weapons. But look what Russell Wilson has done so far again. 12 touchdowns, 1,200 yards passing. He's been lights out. They are 4-1 and one right now. He's been dominant, MVP level. And this is what Russell Wilson is. He's going into the Hall of Fame. He'll go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of our time. I'm not saying of all time. I'm saying of our time, our generation. So Russell Wilson, what he did last night, remarkable. But don't take away from Jared Goff what he did as well. Ted, what a game last night. And this is why I like the Thursday night games now. Because back then they were horrible. Now you got division games. It's been great. And last night was just another example of that. Uh, absolutely. I mean, what a great game by Russell Wilson. Great game by both teams. Rams should have won. We said it. You go. I bet you, I bet you, I said, you, you go, I bet you Garrett Goff leads him down and scores, and he did. I wasn't wrong. This, listen, I was thinking about when you were doing the monologue, and I'm thinking, I was talking to somebody, I said, honestly, this is, even though for me, I enjoy the summer, personally, from my own standpoint, this has got to be one of the best times of the year in general. So you have... Yankees right now in playoff baseball. Well, it helps that your team's in the postseason, too. It helps. It helps. We got Giants football right now. Playing well. We have college football right now. We got basketball, about. which starts in about a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And then last night, and within the last two nights, we had hockey season started. So you have... Our, little, our, our, our producer, Nate the Great, was not happy. So you have that. all four of the major sports starting. 
mm-hmm. within within this month. And we start to find out who are going to be the men and who are going to be the boys in the sense of football season. You know, we, we're going to get into the college football talk. What did you say? October is where, like September, you get a, a brief preview, but then October is you really... You find out who the real teams are. Exactly. Now, what we've seen in the NFL is, is it really it's been a weird season so far. You know, we've seen a lot of injuries. We've known that from our own fantasy standpoint. We've had Big Ben and Roethlisberger. Got four quarterbacks Big right Ben and Roethlisberger got hurt for us. Andrew Brees was our starting quarterbacks. They got hurt in the same day. We picked up Josh Allen last week. A couple weeks ago on a trade, he got hurt. We had Matthew Stafford; he has an injury. We picked Does up Gardner Minshew. But so hold so, on. So your question was about last night's game. I made a statement last night. That I said Russell Wilson right now is the best player in, in the NFL right now. And you said say that on this, say that tomorrow on the show. And I thought you, uh, yeah, I'm glad you did say because. And I, and I think the way he's playing right now, you have to consider him. If not, if you want to put Mahomes in there, that's fine. If he's not one A, you seem like you're hesitant of putting Patty, one, Patrick Mahomes in that discussion. It's not hesitant. You kind of see. I it. understand what Mahomes is. He's a superior talent on the field, but he also has one of the best offensive-minded coaches in the game, if okay. not one of the best offensive-minded coaches of all time. Okay. He's also surrounded by a, a a bundle of toys and talent around him. And when I look at what Russell Wilson is, is it's a guy that since he's been in the league, since he's been coming from North Carolina. State that got that graduated that went to Wisconsin mm-hmm. that led them to a Rose Bowl victory over TCU. No, he lost. They lost. TCU. Excuse me, I apologize. No, they lost to Oregon. Was Oregon? Yes. Wasn't TCU? Nope. Swear to God. I swear to God. I swear to God. I, sw- I wouldn't uh, lie to you. I, I, I got a good memory like that. I swear to God, it was the Oregon. Beyond the point, <laughs> he's always been doubted. Yep. Okay, five foot eleven, too small to play. Mm-hmm. Okay, they signed Matt Flynn. Uh, from that one game from Green Bay, and he beat Matt Flynn out. He's a third-round draft pick. And he's always been trying to prove people wrong. And I he's think, still – that's the thing that makes it and fascinating. And that's why I give him the credit because I think he, he's got to be the most underrated player maybe in NFL history. Right now he's one of the most under, – he's the under, most underrated player in the NFL. What he does for the Seattle Seahawks, there's no more Legion of Boom no more. There's, listen, you got Bobby Carpenter, Okay. Wagner, I, mean, he, I said it last night. I did it again. Bobby, Car- Bobby <laughs> Wagner. I just saw him on, on Get Up, so that's why I had the name. But Bobby Wagner, yes, he's the best middle linebacker in the game. Okay, they one of traded, the best players. They too. traded for J- uh, Clowney. Jadavion okay. Clowney, yeah. But he, he's never been what we thought he was. But what, and the offensive line for Seattle has never been great. We, I looked at it last night. We had a poll question last year. At this time of the season, who has the worst? Who has a wor- worst? The worst offensive line, line in the football. The Giants or Seattle? That was our poll question because both offensive lines last year. I watched them last night. The Rams are a real good team. Here's they're, they're special. But Russell Wilson does miraculous things on the field. He's an amazing talent. The throw. The way I look at it is just look at the throw where he was rolling to his left throws across his body and hits Tyler Lockett in the corner of the end zone. Now Tyler Lockett's not a six foot four receiver. He's a small receiver too. The catch was the ball is right there and the The catch catch is unbelievable. My thing is to add to your point is about doubting Russell Wilson, which is fascinating that we still at this current moment, up until maybe this season, we were still doubting it. Whether it's fantasy or whether it's Football. I, I doubted him. Fantasy, you doubted him. But in real life, you don't because of what he's done. It's fascinating that people still want to say, oh, he's, he's, he's not the best. Let's be honest, folks. If there was Patty no, Mahomes, if take Mahomes if out I, of the if, question. If, if, if I had to put my top three quarterbacks right now, I would still have Brady because of the factor that he is 42. He wouldn't be number one, he, though. He would not be number one. He'd be number three. 
I would say Mahomes be Mahomes is Mahomes. Mahomes, been, Wilson, he, Brady. But if you don't have Russell Wilson in your top three quarterbacks, okay, if you want to put him four behind Rodgers, whatever, that's fine. If you don't have Russell Wilson in your top five quarterbacks right now in the current NFL league, shame on you because Russell Wilson, each and every year, with the least amount of talent, maybe other than Tom Brady, to continuously dominate and be impressive and change the game too. He's also, we always talk about Michael Vick being that, that transcendent player, change the game like a Steph Curry. Russell Wilson also has done it because look now, you have Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, but the great thing about Russell Wilson, even though he can run, he makes these plays, the throws. Baker Mayfield too. The you, thro- have to, you have to add into Okay, it. Baker Mayfield. Because May- of his the size. Thro- just the, because of his size. The throws. I mean, he's... An unbelievable throw. He was 16 of 18 last night outside the pocket for four touchdowns. I mean, it's it's remarkable what Russell Wilson has done. And it's fascinating that still there are some naysayers that want to doubt him. Do you know? I I wish I had the stat. I heard it last night. I think it was like over the last two or three seasons. You know who has the most touchdown passes? It's Russell Wilson. Yeah, he had like now I know he had thirty-five two years ago or last year. He's been. If somebody's watching this, though, I know I know our guy Steve Risser. Check it. it Please give give us a give us our um, stats right there. I think Russell Wilson has had thirty-five touchdowns either last year or two years. Or he's had over thirty touchdowns. Listen, he's got no picks. I mean, he he led the league last no. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Mahomes, Mahomes. did. <laughs> and they give a second. It just no, shows. No, no, Andrew Luck was second last year. Mahomes, Russell was third. So Russell Wilson's still always but, there. But those guys are, are different talents. Russell Wilson's a 5'11 quarterback that some people would say, how is this guy, st- how is this guy dominating know. the league? I don't know. I was watching the game last night for my buddy's rehearsal dinner for his wedding. And I'm, I'm watching. I'm like, I mean, if you, if you truly watched the game last night, you're just in a wow moment. You know, I'm, I'm wowed by Mahomes, but I, w- w- Wilson, I said this before the show. Switch to quarterbacks, okay? Put Mahomes on Seattle. Seattle's still a, ve- yes. still a great team, just yes. like Russell Wilson. Yes. But my question is, I said, would Russell Wilson still be considered underrated if he was playing for the Chiefs with the talent that Mahomes has? See, we always w- want to knock Brady because he doesn't have the talent. See, I would say what makes Russell Wilson special is he doesn't have a good offensive line. Mahomes has one of the best offensive lines. Look it up. He only gets sacked sacked 1.8 per, times of the per, game. Yeah, yeah. per game. It's, it's, it's incredible. So he doesn't get sacked, right? Then he has now I know he's out right now, but he has Tyreek Hill. He has Travis Kelsey. He had Kareem Hunt. Now he has LaShawn McCoy. He, you know, he has Sammy Watkins. There's an abundance of talent offensively. And the way Andy Reid uses that talent oh, yeah. in an offensive schematic way, Pete Carroll's a defensive-minded coach, okay? So, you know, flip the script. Maybe Russell Wilson doesn't have to do as much, but what he does for the Seattle Seahawks, I last night was in a wow moment. It's incredible. Oh, well, it's just a great the game MVP overall. The race right now is a Mahomes-Russell Wilson, and then it's everyone else. That's how I feel. We'll see how the rest of the season. Here's- but that was a hu- – I'm going to end it on this. The Seattle Seahawks did what they needed to do last night. They held home field advantage. They needed to win at home last night, and they did. They are now 4-1, and one, and the Rams are 3-2. and two. The Rams will have Seattle later in the season in L.A., which I expect the Rams will win at home. They did what they needed to do. And I said last night, if Seattle can get the number one seed, mm-hmm. good luck. 
because they are a different and team we'll, at home. We're going to give our power and, rankings as well. And it's the same well. way I feel about the Saints. Well, hold on. If the Saints, I look at the Seattle and Saints the same way. Those two teams in the NFC, when they have home field advantage, it's dominant. Seattle did what they need to do, and they had to keep pace hold with teams like Green Bay, Dallas, and New also, Orleans. Also, we're going to give our power rankings at the end of this segment. We'll give us our power rankings, how, they, how last night's game may have and affected our power rankings. My final, and the last thing I was going to say, and I apologize. I thought you, you, I thought you had, had a last. I thing. was just going to say two to he, end he, He's always adding that. Last. I do. He always. I should add it before the extra cheese. He's always adding. I always got to add a little extra grated cheese on it. Oh. Is the Rams have been Russell Wilson's kryptonite? He was six and eight going into last night's game. The most losses against any opponent in his career, and that was the Rams. Here's my last thing about last night's game and Russell Wilson overall. Here's my last thing about last night's game. <laughs> Tongue twister. Really Everybody cool. doubted Russell Wilson when they had the Legion of Boom. Okay, fair enough. They had one of the best defenses in the league. It always helped when your defense was pressuring the quarterback, causing turnovers, and having big leads. Okay. Well, Legion Boom, like Ted said, is gone now for, ye- for a couple of years now. What's the excuse that we have to say about Russell Wilson? The man continuously each and every year, each and every week, produces. And he continuously shows that anything is possible. He's 5'11", and he's taken over the league. And last night, you saw two of the best quarterbacks in the game go head-to-head, and two of the best teams in the NFL still. Let's be realistic. Greg Zerloin makes that kick 9 out of 10 times. Matt Gay against the Giants makes that kick 9 out of 10 times. It's been a weird year for kickers, and last night, the Rams win. We're talking about how great they've been. And Seattle, uh, well, it happens. It's a kryptonite. Unbelievable Russell Wilson. Let's move over to, speaking of quarterbacks, and why uh, we've been talking, there's, there's been this name, Kirk Cousins, that we were talking about, and it gets me going that the Seattle Seahawks a couple years ago, like Ted also mentioned, they took a chance on Russell Wilson. They drafted him in the third round, but yet they signed a guy at Matt Flynn. Big contract at the time. Think about that. $40 million was a big contract. Now quarterbacks are getting Well, as a free agent contract, yeah. That's a big contract. Now Foles just got $87 million. My Cousins got $83 million. My guaranteed. point is, is that look at how quarterbacks have changed that as well. Matt Flynn was supposed to be the starter. He was going to be the quarterback of the future for the, the so-called Seahawks. Russell Wilson was just there. Russell Wilson beats out Matt Flynn, and we never hear from Matt Flynn again. They took a chance on a third-string quarterback, a guy that did not know, did not know if he was going to pan out and be great because of his height and everything and all that. And look how, look how they've been. Look at where Russell Wilson is. Look where the Seattle Seahawks is. So I ran through the league. Certain teams have quarterbacks that maybe it's time to move on from, and they got to take the chance. And another team is our New York Giants, a move that we didn't think was going to happen. Not at this point. Not at this point, early on in the season. They had a guy in Hall of Famer of Eli Manning. They said it's time to move on. They put in Daniel Jones. They took the chance. It's, it's, wor- it's worked so far. But yet you have to take that chance. And that's what the Seahawks did and the Giants have and done. And that's really how this segment kind of came up. We, you know, every week we go through, you know, what do we really want to talk about? And, you know, Trevor brought up the thing. Is it start a changing of a guard? Should t- yeah. some teams start thinking about it? Because, you know, we said – Two weeks ago, we both felt, from our personal perspective, that the Giants were making it too soon. Too soon of a move. The whole way I felt was wait till after the bye week, right? You know, you get the bye week plus the extra week of preparation, so he gets two weeks to prepare prepare for the team. 
And you know, and then you know, everything you say. Listen, are the Giants really ready to play? You know, are they going to give? How's like, he going to perform? How is he going to perform? Well, and the situation that's occurring in the Redskins, we didn't want that to happen. Two weeks later, I come back to reality and realize that the Giants did make the right move. They'd probably be 0-4 if they kept the Eli. Listen, let's be realistic. At the Giants draft him at six. And they've put him in the right position. And now we look back that, you know what? It is about the future. It wasn't Eli. And D'Andre Jones was the right choice. Now, Trev, so what you I, came up with a list of quarterbacks for this segment. Now, I got what about we got? seven quarterbacks that realistically, they can move on. Teams can move on from. So the first one I said is Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. I think that's a Ted, highly I want, debatable. Ted, I want to give me a yes or no. Do the Vikings need to move on? Just a yes or no, and we could just talk about these quarterbacks as a whole. Yes or no to Kirk Cousins? No, no now okay. because they don't have – yes, but okay. they don't have anyone right now. Okay. So, yes. Bengals. Absolutely. Jaguars. I'm already putting Nick Foles because, first of all, you gave him an $80 million. I know it's unfortunate he got injured, but this is what Nick Foles is. We saw him when he went to the L.A. Rams. He's not a good – he's not a franchise quarterback. I know it's crazy, but guess what? It's fact. Kirk, I mean, that's another big wasted contract. Nick Foles. I say no. No okay. right now because it's, he, he hasn't played yet for them. Titans, Mariota. I think yes. You got, and, and when I say yes, I mean you got to move on from him. You know he's the only quarterback with no turnovers so far. No? No turnovers. No oh, turnovers. Oh, turnovers. No turnovers at all. No picks. Nothing. Only well, quarterback. Well, Mahomes has no picks and neither Russell Wilson. But they have turnovers. Only quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Whatever. This could be the interesting one. The Panthers and Cam Newton. It's been hotly debated. It's been talked about a lot. Do the Panthers, yes or no? I truthfully, I truthfully think yes. I think it's, it's time. We've seen what Cam Newton is. Okay. Now, we can get into it more, but I, is Kyle now in the future of the Panthers? I don't know, but right now he's 3-0 as a starter when he's the quarterback. Okay. We've seen what Cam Newton is, and he's not going to get better, and he's All had right. so many. Okay, we'll get back. I'm going to just talk about, okay. I got you. Broncos, Flacco. Yes, I mean, okay. I, mean, I feel like that's the Eli Manning question okay. two years ago. And the last one, and I put question marks because he's still young, Bears and Trubisky. I'll say no right now, but at the end of the season, let's come back to this question, and, and, I'll, and I'll have a better answer. Did you say yes to Foles or no? I, no, do not move on to no. No, yes. And then yes to Cousins. So I Would said, you say no to Cousins right now or Yes. I say you got to move on from Cousins, yes. Okay. The only people I said no was my Foles, point is, Foles and Trubisky. Everyone is a yes. But I, and if I want to break it down. My point is, I just went through the seven quarterbacks. Yes, sir. Five, you said yes. Yes. Two, you said no. Yes. And it was only Jacksonville and the Bears. And, and, and the reason why I say no to the Jacksonville Jaguars is because Nick Foles, you just signed him. $80 million. But you just signed Kirk Cousins a couple of years ago, too. He's in his second year. A year. Okay. That's, that's, I know it's only been a game that he played uh, Foles and he got injured, but still, 80-something million to a guy that's Here's the thing. We've seen Kirk Cousins. Okay? We've seen him last year and we've seen him this year. Kirk Cousins has the rest and of the season. We saw him in our now, division. Do, do I think they should move on from him? Absolutely. Do they have anyone on the roster to kind of spill him right now. No, they have no one. The problem with the Vikings contracting is, and I think this is the reason why NFL teams do not give guaranteed contracts, is because the Vikings are married to Kirk Cousins for the next 12 games this year okay. and 16. They have no choice. You said why you can't cut him. No, you can't. Because his contract is ridiculous. And, it's gonna you, be a, yeah. and you can't trade him because who's trading for Here's him? Here's my thing about... And the you one know, I know it's trading for his the contract. one team, the others is fine. 
The one team, though, that gets me going it, and I'm curious about is what if Minshew plays well and they're in playoff contention? Like, he hasn't done anything wrong to lose his job. Do you bring back Foles in week 11? No. no. If, if, so no, Foles is done. No, no. You let Minshew play out. They get, to, they get to the playoffs. He gets to the, he plays the rest of the year. You're telling me that Nick Foles is a starting quarterback next year? No, no, no. Next year, you have a quarterback competition. You have a quarterback competition. That's what you do. That's what I'm saying. But here's the thing. I think you have to look at it the same way you looked at the Eagles thing. Carson Wentz got hurt. Carson Wentz led them to the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles won in the Super Bowl. Who was the quarterback going into the season? Carson Wentz. Because he, got, was, he was the who, future in the Wentz money. Wentz was more talented. Wentz Dude, was the more talented quarterback, yes. I don't know if the Jaggers yet, yet, so believe Minshew is the future. Just don't know yet. They just gave $80 million to Nick Foles. Is it just a, is it kind of like the Linsanity thing when that was like a month period that it was like, oh, Linsanity is the greatest thing in the NBA? Is it just like that Minshew mania? The is reason that, why is we, that the, and the reason that why the I thing? brought this up was I said, if Minshew leads them to a playoff or, listen, Foles comes back a week 11 and the Jaguars are 6-5, I think they go back to Foles. If they're 7-4... and four, Eight and three, and they're in competition. You're going to tell me that Foles is. You're telling me Foles is. I don't know if you pull him. I don't think. Why would you? He's given you no reason to. So why would you do that? He should have. They should have gave him the ball against Houston and that that two point conversion. Why should that? He should be three three and zero as a quarterback. And if you look at the numbers against the Chiefs, when he came in, he was like twenty two for twenty six for over two hundred yards and two touchdowns. You know, it shouldn't even be a debate if they're eight and three, seven and four at that point, and Foles, and they're first in the division, and. Foles comes back, it shouldn't even be a debate. Gardner Minshew should be the starting quarterback if that's the case. Now, if they're under 500 and underperforming, okay, that's understandable. They got a tough one against Carolina. It's a 50 50 game. But if he's playing well, you don't take out a guy like that. But all you keep these, the high hand, I know. But exactly all these teams, to just overall just talk about it, these seven teams, look what Seattle did, look what the Giants did. The Giants had a Hall of Fame quarterback. Didn't want to move on for him. They took the chance. The Seattle Seahawks paid a guy a big contract at the time, $40 million in Matt Flynn. That was supposed to be the guy. They drafted a third-round quarterback. They took a chance on him. It's panned out for the Seahawks. It so far has looked good for the Giants. Time will tell. These seven teams should seriously start considering about their future. It's not about now. It's about their future. And these seven teams have quarterback question marks. And what do they decide to do? And what I'm telling, but what I'm seeing right now, five of the seven, you said yes to. So that means that these teams need to make a move. Now the only quarterback in there that's really at the is the the question mark is the Cam one really more so. I'd say Trubisky because he's young. You just drafted him second overall. But Cam's talent, and people still look at Cam as an upper echelon. I think Trubisky's a talented enough player that he could win. They have a great enough defense. But is he a quarterback schematically that's good because of Nagy? It could be. But he fits the system. Like Jared Goff, everybody thought it was only because of the system. He fits the system. Cam, we know what Cam is. It's kind of like Cousins. He's gotten to his peak level. He's gotten to the peak level. He won an MVP. That's his peak, like Matt Ryan. We know what Matt Ryan is. We know what Kirk Cousins is. You got to think this. We know what Cam Newton is. His injuries have piled up. They've reached their peak. I know, and his injuries have piled up. And his biggest thing is his athleticism. Okay, he's not. But he can't keep running around because of these injuries. Oh, that's what that's what I was getting. And he's never been an accurate quarterback. And that sort of hurts him. And now that his mobility has kind of come back to, you know, he's not the same quarterback as he was. Mm-hmm. 
You know, and he, like you said, Trev, injuries piled up. He's not going to be running around the field doing what he used to do. So, is have we seen the last of Cam Newton? I don't know. I think the biggest factor plays money. Money plays a factor. If the Vikings could cut Kirk Cousins, I think they would, but they can't because of the money. If I'm, Gardner- just, I'm just saying you've seen those. You've seen the t- Giants, Seahawks make decisions, tough decisions at the time. Make it. They pulled the trigger, and guess what? It's panned out for the Seahawks, and so far it's been good. These teams need to start seriously considering it. Is at least that's the at least they have to do is consider it now. Absolutely. Because these teams are in the middle of that pack, but they need to look for the future, not now. It's about the future. Speaking of the future, and speaking of the Giants, it's about the future of the Giants, right? It's about the future of the New York Jets, right? Absolutely. So why? Why in the, and I'm going to quote The Rock, why in the blue hell are you going to decide to bring back Saquon Barkley and Sam Darnold and rush these two young stars back when your future, it's about your future. It's not about now. Oh, well, we're in the playoff contention. Giant fans, I've seen. Realistic, people. Be realistic with yourselves. That's what you have to be. The Giants are having a fun time right now. They're making us happy. They look pretty good so far. Competition hasn't been great, but still, they've been competitive. They've won. That's fine. But let's be realistic. This team's not going to the playoffs this year. This is a team a year or two away from a playoffs appearance. And if they do this year, amazing. Awesome. I'll be a happy fan. I won't complain. But right now, it's about the future. The Jets, they're in a tougher situation. They're 0-3. They look like they're going to be going maybe 0-6 with the next three games on the plate. (laughs) So why bring back your franchise quarterback when you still have to play Philly this week, who is a nasty team, who gets after the quarterback? Yes. And then the Cowboys. We know how great they are. And uh, they have to play a team called the New England Patriots, who's given up only about six points this year defensively. Historically good right now. So why bring back your two franchise cornerstone players? Well, the difference right? with Dar- the difference with Darnold is it's not an injury. He can he, he literally can die because of mono. Yeah, because it's that bad. It's a spleen. Yes, it's that he can if literally he his hit. life can be at risk, and you need to make sure he's a thousand percent, not a hundred. Make sure Sam Darnold's a thousand percent. Barkley just had a high ankle sprain two weeks ago. You were at the game. That's a serious injury. That's a six. Supposed to, eight, to be eight weeks. It's a six to eight week recovery time. He's going to possibly come back next week. No need. Ladies and gentlemen, let's pump the brakes. That's an entry. Saquon, no, that's an entry. Not, that is no, not need. no need. That is an NTG okay. and not no need. These guys do not need to. I know it would be great to have them back. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to have Barkley back. It's, it's a building well, toward the it's future. It's about the future. And you need your cornerstones to be a hundred percent. What do you, I, and you said it like what what do you gain from Darnold coming back? Like especially if, with okay, the rest. So if you're you're a Jets fan, let's look at it from a Jets perspective. You're zero three. The likelihood for you to make the playoffs right now is not good. The percentage it's is like one. It's probably like it's one, like less, less than five percent. No, it's less than like whatever. One, probably. It's, uh, it's probably less than five. But who cares? It doesn't matter. The chances you're to make the playoffs, especially with this roster, is zero. You have a lot of injuries on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I was just reading about. Yeah. You don't have a number one receiver. Now, you got your tight end coming back off the suspension. You have Le'Veon Bell. Your okay. offensive line's atrocious. All, you have a bad offensive line. That's, an, that's another thing that's they, very scary for them. Their defense has injuries and hasn't been consistent. They've overpaid for Tremaine Johnson. Yep. They traded for him. Mm-hmm. He's has not. I don't even think he starts no more. Sort of God. I, I was reading the paper I don't, last I don't, week. I don't, I, I don't know. You have a, you have. We talked about this in the beginning of the season. We we're doing preview. 
So you got two cornerstone pieces at the D-line position that you drafted. Quinnen and, and uh, Leonard. And Leonard Williams, okay? Yeah. You have a middle linebacker. CJ. CJ Mosley. Who's out? Who, he's hurt. But Jamal he, Adams, it, who is... And Jamal Adams, oh. who is one of the best safeties in football. Young safeties, and, he, and might be one of the best players in the future yeah. in the NFL, mm-hmm. defensively. So... Your system is set up for the future. It's not about 2019. It's about 2020, 2021. Exactly. Okay. What is Darnold going to gain from starting behind that awful offensive line and getting his rear end kicked in every week? Nothing. Mm-hmm. So what the Jets need to do is take their lumps, get another top five draft pick. Hopefully, listen, there's a couple good stud receivers from Alabama coming out. In the draft, there's a couple of good. Well, offense. Well, it's about. It's about. A, what do we always say? I know. Bail I know. Bailed from the inside, inside out. out. I know. You need offensive line. You have Protect a franchise Donald. quarterback. He's having. He has. Need weapons ser- too. He has a health issue right now. A very serious health issue. He needs protection. Now I know the weapons are nice, but you need protections inside out. Please. Why do teams can? And you're. Well, you're, you're on, like these teams. I know, hold on. We'll get into. You're it. like the team. No, no, no. We'll get into it. But I. We don't know where the draft is yet, and we're not going to get into that because I don't think there's a top offensive lineman in the top five. So you got to figure out where you're at, okay? And they're going to be in the top. Now let me segment over to the Giants. Let me transfer to the Giants. Giants are 2-2. Two and two. They won the last two games without Saquon Barkley. Got a tough game this week, home against Minnesota. I know Minnesota's a different team when they're on the road. This Minnesota team I predicted to make the playoffs. This team is one of the most talented teams in football. It is. You got Diggs and Thielen on the outside. You have Irv Smith Jr. They drafted from Alabama. They have Kyle Rudolph. They have a good, a decent offensive line. I, I forgot if I. I did. Okay. I, okay. You have a really good defense. You said it last week. They kept them. In, that they kept. I mean, the only the game was sixteen to six. So it's not like the Bears destroyed them. It was just that the quarterback play was pretty so, bad. The defensive played great. Both teams. The Vikings are a much better team than the Giants this week. They got a real. They got a really good defense. Okay. Then the Giants, three or four days later, are going to play the New England Patriots Thursday night, next Thursday the night. Historical great defense right now. Right now, what are the Giants going to gain from Saquon Barkley? They're probably not going to win either games. I think this week is the, the better possibility of winning the oh, game. Oh, yeah, of course. But what are the Giants going to gain from starting Saquon Barkley? Listen, folks, this is the future. Saquon Barkley is one of the most talented players in all of football. It's not even a question mark. He gift wise, gifted. He's like Mahomes talent wise as a as a running back. back, Yeah. Okay. You gain nothing. Mm -hmm. This is all about 2020 and 2021. You have a good offensive line right now. Let's keep building the cohesiveness with Wayne Gallman and the other guys. Okay. Mm -hmm. We got a young quarterback in Daniel Jones. Let him take his lumps. Let him learn. When he gets Saquon Barkley back, he's going to be a better quarterback. Mm -hmm. You got Golden Tate coming back this week. Okay. You got Sterling Shepard. We have Evan Ingram. We, we got a defense that's rebuilding. If this team can build toward next year, right? This is all about next year. I said you it. Get this a is about pieces, a year or two. You get a couple pieces defensively next year. Mm-hmm. You're going to have Barkle. You're going to have Tate. You have Shepard. You got Ingram. Daniel Jones. Yeah. You're going to get the reps. This is a team next year that you could say, all right, maybe this team is 9-7 and seven next year and can make a playoff run. But right now this team is – you look at the NFC. Real, you gotta they're, be, not a, they're not a playoff team. you got to be realistic and, with yourselves with this. And you gain nothing by starting Saquon Barkley. He needs to sit – for the next four weeks minimum. Yeah, three to four weeks. He doesn't play the next two games easily. He's going to have Realistically, to... he's going to play and now, it's going to be a terrible decision. Now, here's the thing. 
He's going to have the Thursday night game, which he's not going to play, so he'll have the extra days of rest. If you want to bring him back the following week, but I don't even play him that many reps, I think as a preseason game. You play, Just you get his get him going again. Cures. Get the blood going again. Listen, he gets hurt, breaks his leg or ankle thing. Knock on wood. Every giant fan is going to freak out. We don't. Trev, yeah, you yeah we'll be seeing giant pages. All the fans that want him to come back like this, and then he gets injured. He's like, why did you bring him back? I'm, we got to be realistic, fans. I'm going to be realistic. I'm going to steal this from your thing the other day, and I was like, what did you mean by this? And you wrote Golden State and the Giants. Yeah, he called me. He didn't know what he meant. I was like, does anybody know what happened with Golden State this year? Kevin Durant came back from an injury and then ruptured his Achilles. And now he's not playing. He wasted. Now his one entire season of his career is gone because he came back. I know he wanted to play, and that's the competitor in him. That's the competitor in Barkley. He's going to want to come back. I know that. But look at the Golden State Warriors. That's what happened. They brought Durant back. You know what else happened. The rest is history. That's why the Giants need to, like you said, Ted, three to four weeks you can consider bringing him back and use and not putting him in and giving him the ball 25 to 30 times. I'm talking about just get the blood going again. We need this man for the future. The Jets need Sam Darnold for the future. It's not about 2019. It's not about week four or week five against the Vikings or Patriots or the Eagles or Cowboys. It's about 20, 2021, 2022, 2023. That's what's going to happen. That's what it's about. So these teams need to be smart. The two New York teams need to be smart. Plain and simple. That's it. My final take on this Giants talk is we're going to get a real good test of how good Danny Dimes is. Because this Minnesota Viking team, I know is a bad team, is not great offensively right now. But we know how great this defense is. They cause turnovers. They blitz you. They're going to make you uncomfortable. This is a true test going forward for Daniel Jones of how good he can actually be. The Vikings, like I said, and I've been saying all day week, this is a tricky matchup for the Giants and the Vikings because everybody, it seems like, is, is leaning towards the Giants. But I could, would not be surprised if the Minnesota Vikings came into MetLife, Kirk Cousins throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns, and the Vikings win by two touchdowns. It seems like that. They got all the, the, the um, they have all the problems it's in the locker room all everybody's picking each well, other Dick's going at, talking about going at each other the receivers are upset with cousins the team is upset it's all very uncomfortable right now in minnesota i would not be surprised if the vikings come in and win because everybody is like oh the giants they're hot right now daniel jones looks great we're gonna get a true test come sunday one o'clock just how good daniel jones will be for the rest of the year playing against a formidable defense not a good team, but a formidable defense. A defense that does all the right things. They pressure you. They turn the ball over. Secondary does a hell of a job. And that's Mike. And I give credit to Mike Zimmer on that because he is a great defensive-minded coach. But this week is a telling sign for Daniel Jones going into 2019 and the rest of the year. And 2020 as well. I think this is one of the major games for Daniel Jones in his early career. I think this, this whole week in itself. The, the next two weeks. The Sunday game and then the Thursday game. I really want to see because we played Tampa Bay, and they're not a great defense, but they won the game. They do. And then last week against the Redskins. And we know what Washington We're not is. even talking we about know what Washington I'm not going to waste my time this week talking bad teams. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. We always do. But this is going to be a real test for the Giants this week. You're going to face one of the better defenses in the Vikings that's been a top five to ten defense the last three or four years since Mike Zimmer's been the coach. And then you're going to face the best defense right now in football. Now, they haven't, the Patriots really haven't played anyone either, but that's not their fault. 
-hmm. They take care of business and they dominate. So, hey, listen, let's build. That's all. That's what it's about for the New York Jets and New York Giants. My final thing, worry about the future, not week five or week six. You want your stars to be healthy. You want your quarterback to be healthy and your running back. You think about Plus the future. Plus, the schedule smart, is going to gonna get easier after be, these next two days. Be You're going to play the Jets. You're going to play Arizona. The schedule is going to be a little bit more favorable in the following weeks. That's when you can bring back Barkley, when it'll be a little bit easier and he can run wild. Final thing of the, of, of the NFL talk is our power rankings. And last night may have changed our rankings. So, Ted, I'm going to start. If you haven't, I'm going to start it up. So, number 10 for me. They lost last week, but I was very impressed by them. Detroit Lions. Can we go back and forth? Just Do you want you want? Yes, if you don't mind. Breaking news, Donald. Good. Good. He's out. I'm okay. glad he's so not that, playing. So that's, that's good. I'm waiting for breaking so the, news. So, the so number 10 for me. Detroit Lions. So that is breaking news. If you haven't heard, it's, we're just seeing it across the screens above us. I'm Sam Darnold through one. I know Sam Darnold will not be playing against the yes. Eagles this week. That's now I'm waiting for the Giants to say Barkley is ruled out. That's smart move, smart yes, decision. That's what it's about. Future, number ten, Lions. Number, number not. No, number I'm gonna ten. Go. I'm gonna go. Let me just go. I'll just go straight through. All right. Number nine is the Chicago Bears. Number eight. Yeah, yeah. Number eight, I'm going to finally put them in because they're one of the three undefeated teams remaining, San Francisco 49ers. They haven't played, so I got to take it. I got to put them in. I'm going to put number seven, I'm going to put the Philadelphia Eagles. Number six, the Green Bay Packers. Number five, the L.A. Rams. Oh, no, I got to put Dallas. I got to put Dallas in there still. I forgot about Dallas. Did you not write your 10 in? No. I did. Go ahead. Write it up. Jesus. <laughs> I just did 10 through 5. I did the 10s. And I literally just wrote it up in my head, and it just changed. So, number 10, I had the same thing as you, bud. I had the Detroit Lions. I'm impressed. I love I like. I like what I saw team. last week was a team that's progressing. Matthew Stafford is great. He's playing lights out. Matt Patricia's got that defense playing really good. They should have beat Arizona. They should have been 3-0, and they had a chance to beat the Chiefs pack. last week. The Eagles are out. So I got the Packers in. The Packers so are my got, team. So I got the Lions at 10. Yep. At 9, I originally had the Bills, but I just switched it to the Bears. Okay. Okay. Number so 8. I, number 8, I have the Packers. Okay. Number 7, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Number 6, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Number 5, I have the Seattle Seahawks. Number 4, I have the Saints. Number 3, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Wait, you have the Rams after our two-game losing streak? Yes, because I still think they're the okay. better team. Still think they're so the better team. Hold on. Oh. The yeah. Rams 3, please. Number two. Rams, please. Rams, please. Rams, check, please. Check, please. <laughs> two Chiefs and uh, one yeah, Patriots. Yeah, the two one, I think but we understand But as you those. notice, after the first two, the next eight teams are all NFC teams I have. Well, NFC stacked. I have the Rams, so, Saints, Seahawks, Cowboys, Eagles, Packers, Bears, Lions. And the reasons why I don't have the Bills is because as good as their defense is, I don't think I had their quarterback is better than any of the quarterbacks I have listed here in the top eight. Eight. Um, and the reason why I don't have the 49ers is I haven't seen them play Monday Night Football yet. If they win this week, that would all change next week. So my five through one, I just did 10 through six. My five through one is the Rams at five, four is the Seahawks, three is the Saints, two is the Chiefs, and one is the Patriots. I still like the Rams. I, like the Saints. I still like the Rams. I like the Saints because it's kind of like the Seahawks thing argument. You get home field, and they got the head-to-head -head matchup win over Seattle too as well. Don't forget that. That helps. The Saints beat the Seattle, Seattle uh, two week, uh, in Seattle. Yeah. So they have the head-to-head -head now. If the Saints get home, field advantage, and they continue to play great, even with Teddy Bridgewater, without Breeze, and Breeze comes back, and they're like 8-1, and 9-1, it's a scary out right there. 
And that and that's the thing with the NFC, the Saints and the and the Seahawks home field advantage is is so much more important to those two teams than any other teams. I I don't look at the Cowboys home field advantage as as a must. I don't. Green Bay, no. It's not. This is not the old Lambeau Field. Michael Vick killed that curse a long time ago when he went up there in the snow and beat them. Okay, and then so did and so did Eli, Eli Manning. Eli did it twice. So did Eli Manning so. in cold weathers. So so there's our top that's, ten. That's not the same. And then the Eagles. I don't look at home field advantage for the Eagles. Okay. But the Saints in Seattle and even LA, nah. LA doesn't nah. have now. Nah. The Saints in so Seattle Saints is a Seattle. whole different ball game. And MetLife Stadium. Two. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, final thing. It's been so far four weeks. Mahomes or Russell Wilson right now, MVP? I'm going to take Russell. I'm going to go Mahomes. I think those have been the two best quarterbacks all year. I mean, Lamar Jackson up at – I mean, Lamar Jackson's got to – Lamar say, Jackson's yes. got to be in the discussion as well. Christian McCaffrey would be the only non-quarterback in my top five. Six or seven players. The I think only reason why been, I say Russell I Wilson, it, and I'll end it on this, is because I think he does more with less. Okay. I so I'm Mah- going to give credit. Mah- Mahomes is on pace to shatter every record in the book. Passing yards, who knows the touchdowns. He's on record to shatter every record. He's unbelievable. He's a different talent, Anything unlike anything we've ever seen. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking a break. When we come back, he's not in studio, but we will still be joined by the great Joe Aguirre to talk some New York Yankee baseball. The quest for 28 starts tonight, hopefully. Postseason talk yesterday, Braves, Acuna, what happened with that, teammates calling him out, and the Rays, shockingly. Beat the Oakland Athletics. We'll talk about that all with Joseph McGuire in a few. Keys to the city. We'll be right back, folks. Sports, we've got sports here on Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Keys to the City from All Noise Radio. If you haven't checked out the first part of our segment, NFL Talk, you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube as well. Go click on Keys to the City, Facebook as well, Instagram. We are Keys to the City. I think he's calling you now. He said he's going to be calling you. I'm waiting on his call. But before he calls, we'll talk. We'll discuss. Postseason play is underway, officially underway. And there were some great games early on in the week. The National Wild Card was a great one. And the AL Wild Card was a bit of a surprise. And he's calling. Here we go. Joseph, you are on Keys to the City. I know you're not here in person, but guess what? We still managed to get the greatness of Joe Choir here. I'm so glad we were able to do that. <laughs> so, AL wildcard, NL wildcard. We're currently talking right now. Postseason's underway. Great game. Sad ending to the Brewers' season in the NL wildcard. And then the shocker of the Rays going into Oakland and completely slapping them around, surprisingly. My biggest take from it is those two teams, the Nationals and Rays, just lost Bryce Harper to the Nationals. Do these teams, these lower market teams, need stars to be successful? Or do they need the stars to compete for a championship? They could be successful, but they might not win championships. Do they need like a Bryce Harper teams like that to compete for championships? Or can they just be successful and that's enough for the fans? I mean, look at the St. Louis Cardinals, which is a small market team that plays like a large market team. Then look at the Mets, 
who are a large market team that operates like a small market team. <laughs> you know, you, you, know. You, to me, the difference between big market and small market is you don't have money to spend on middle relief and you get whatever you have left over in your pen. For the Rays, that worked out great this year. Mm-hmm. For the for the Dodgers, big market team, it didn't. So there's not much, you know, look, every team's owned by a billionaire and every team has the same resources. There's revenue sharing and all that. I mean, it, it, it's, you you need big stars on your team, though. I mean, the, the, the Paul Goldschmidt home run yesterday, that, that turned that whole thing around. So, yeah, they need the stars to win championships, but they could still be yeah. successful without – is that what you're saying? They could still be successful it's, it's without the superstars. Difficult. Well, I mean, look at the Twins, for example. So the That's Yankees another are, team. So the Yankees are playing the Twins, right? They've always been a competitive team. Mm-hmm. But this year, they've done it really without any big-time stars. Now, Nelson Cruz might be their biggest big name yeah. star yeah. on their roster. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You know, like, what is the difference between them – and the Rays. Or what is the difference between them and a team like uh, the, the Phillies? What's the difference between them and the Phillies? Well, the Phillies that went all out and made, got the big contract, get Romilto. Because get superstars don't Are win you games. Teams win you games. That I, is correct. And, and what I mean by that is no, you're 100% a complete right. team. Like, you're 100% right. Nationals still had... Anthony Randone still had Juan Soto, still had Ryan Zimmerman, still had Strasburg, Corbin, Scherzer. Scherzer. So they have pieces. You know, that's what you need. You need the right pieces, mm-hmm. the right connection. Because look at the Yankees. Joe, I'm not taking away, but I said this to Trev the other day. You know, everyone talks about the Yankees and how much the Yankees payroll and they pay. I said, go through the Yankees infield, right? Who are they paying? Who's their big time payer? DJ LeMahieu for they, two years. DJ LeMahieu is their biggest for, guy. Oh, oh, for biggest $20 million. Dollars. Torres makes nothing. Didi's not making much yet. Gio's not making. Sanchez hasn't got paid yet. Let's go to the outfield. Judge doesn't make anything. Gardner's on a one-year, $9 million deal. Oh, I'm sorry. And Stanton makes the big money. That's, that's not because of the Yankees. That's because the Marlins chose to pay him, and the Yankees took on his contract. So you want to talk about all these high-priced players on the Yankees. Who are they? That's just, where, where is, that's just Yankee naysayers. Where are the high-priced players? But well, we're, Let me ask you this. Does, does the Marlins not having Giancarlo Stanton make them a better or worse team? I mean, they were still when, – when Stanton was there, they were like – a 500, maybe a little less 500. Now they're one of the worst teams. A in ba- now they're one right. of the worst teams in baseball. So, so for the money that they were paying him, it probably would have been worth, you know, another 40 homer season. Him slugging away at, you know, especially in 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 August. Mm-hmm. And another September, no play- when, when they're way out. I mean, at least would would bring some fans in. And no post. So, yeah, and no I mean, postseason. It, there's no reason to watch. But look, you know, I'll give the Minnesota Twins a lot of credit because they did what they've always done, what they did in the 80s and what what they did again in the 90s where they developed guys in the minor leagues. They brought the guys up. They let some of those. I mean, two years ago, everybody thought uh, Miguel Sano was finished. Hmm. That's true. And, 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 and look how that turned out. Yeah. You know, Max Kepler finally turned into a hitter. You know, uh, uh, 
Well, yeah, I the mean, shortstop too. I mean, you know, oh Polanco, they've had a lot of Polanco, Jorge, right Jorge time. Polanco. Yeah, he's been great for oh, them too. Polanco, yeah. I mean, but Eddie Rosario. Yeah, I mean, Nelson Cruz. I mean, they got what five guys that hit over Mitch 30 McGarver home runs. has been great. They got players all up that no, not many fans like the average baseball fan, the typical baseball fan now would not know the Twins lineup. They took Marlon Gonzalez from the Astros, yeah, you know, a utility mean, player that can play multiple positions, and they found right pieces. They have a lot of nice pieces, but they don't have like that superstar like the Ch- the Angels do. Or like uh, the Har- like Harper Machado, they don't have that stuff. So let's let's get into the reaction to last games quick because we know who won the wild cards. You know, we were, I was shocked that the I was Rays shocked won. that the Rays won the way they won. And of course, the Nationals game was listen. They should have not won. Quick quick thing about the Nationals: should they be worried about Scherzer the way he pitched the other night? Well, I, I mean, has Scherzer has Scherzer ever really pitched well in the postseason? No, I mean, not really. Not really. He, he's, he's, not the sa- he's not the same dominant pitcher as is in the regular that's season. My la- that's all I wanted to you ask know who you is, about though? that. You know who is dominant in the postseason? <laughs> Strasburg. Do you yeah. see his numbers? He's point oh, three yeah. eight. That's the, all, no, that's what I wanted to ask he's about He's only given Nationals. up one run in 22 innings. Especially getting the way they p- played last night, getting only one. They only had two hits in the game one. last night. Got lost. They had a hit they late, in the late in the night. Yeah, they lost 6 nothing. They got destroyed last night, dominated. But then you see Scherzer have a struggle in the wild card game. I picked the Nationals. I was high on the Nationals coming into this postseason. So we'll see what happens with must that. Must win game two tonight. Oh, yeah, of course. It's a must win game. For must them. win. Strasburg's going tonight. It's a must win game for the Braves, too. Speaking of games yesterday, what the hell was Okuna doing? I see the home run. Almost thinking it's a home run. He's not hustling. This is a multiple-time occasion that he's been doing this. And players and, and, the, and uh, the manager, Snitker, was actually – Voicing this displeasure and kind of frustrated about it. You can't bench him like you did in August. It's the playoffs. This is the postseason. Why do we see players? And it's always like the young players. I saw Torres done. Torres has done it a couple times as well. Players have done this, and I don't understand can why I, people. Can I make? Do, a, can why I, people? Why the young players are doing this? Can I, admire, can I make a remark? But yes. That might get people rolling the wrong way, but it is a true thing. It's a lot of the Latin-born players. Because it's a little charisma. It's the thing that they do down in their country. It, look at it. They're it, lackadaisical. It's, it's not a lot of the American-born players. It's a lot of the Latin-born players. Think about it. They're lackadaisical. Cano. It's like lackadaisical. You know, you, you could chalk it up to being young, I think, is, and, and inexperienced and a little immature. It is. Um, it's a Caribbean they're, No, they're young. They're young, immature you know, players. You, no, it you is, know, the Latin American happened. players have a little more charisma to them. They come in with a little more spunk to them. That's the way they play down. If you watch the games when they show, like, when um, in the winter when they play down there, there's a little, you know, a little more, more flip of the bats. There's a little more hot. Do- Listen, it's the way they play. There's nothing wrong with it. That's the way they play their game. Okay. I'm just. I- Joe, go ahead. Well, again, I, I chalk it up to being young and, and, and stupid. You know, so you're, you're in a moment. Look at the way he flipped the bat in the ninth. Oh, oh, well, Acu- you, you, Acuna. You, he hit a home run yeah, too. It yeah. It didn't humble Acuna one bit. Did you see how he rounded third base? No. Yes. It was a, it was like a dance move. He like juke and jive and And they were like, still run. losing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't get why players do that in general. In all the sports, still celebrating when you're losing. You're losing and you're celebrating. What is wrong with you? They do it all yeah. in sports. What was your biggest takeaway though from the games last night? That even the Dodgers game as well. I mean, Dodgers looked real impressive last night. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I think, I think in these series, I think the better teams are going to win. I watched the game last night with our with our buddy Brian Forster, big Braves fan. Uh, even with the lead, he didn't feel like this team had a a, a, a big chance 
to win the series. And, and again, I think with the Nationals, you guys just mentioned that it being a must win. I think if, if Strasburg's not a monster tonight and they lose, yeah. I think they're. I think it's you could pretty much wrap it up. It's going four, and that'll be it. You know, look, again, we, we talked about, you know, the Cardinals and the, and the need to have some established players. They've got plenty of them. I think they're the better team. Atlanta's been a little banged up. I think they've exceeded expectations, but I, I, I don't I don't think either one of those teams has a chance. You to, picked the uh, Cardinals, get right? The upset. Didn't you pick the Cardinals? I did. See, and, and that's opposite of a lot of the MLB experts. Now, listen, we're only seeing MLB experts because that's the name tag that they have on yeah. their, yeah. you know, their plate when they come on talk on television. That a lot of they're not the people playing, thought so. the Braves were the closest team that could beat the Dodgers going forward in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now it's only game one. Listen, the Braves could use this either they can go in their shell or they can use this as a rallying point and say, hey, listen, let's get behind this young kid. He made a mistake. Let's build. Let's win game two and let's move forward. Well, I don't like the pointing of fingers. I don't, you know, I mean, again, you didn't you didn't lose because of that. There was a lot of other opportunities for that team to come back and win that game. You know, Luke Jackson, uh, unfortunate he came in. As soon as he came into the game, Brian mentioned how bad uh, it is if Luke Jackson or Josh Tomlin gets into a game. Mm-hmm. You know, usually you're, you're, you're down a bunch of runs, not winning. And um, I, I just don't know that the, that the Braves or the Nationals have complete enough teams because of the lack of bullpen to get by what are, what are more playoff-tested and veteran teams. Now it's time to talk about the New York Yankees. Our the quest, New York Yankees. The quest for 28. Let's go. Hopefully, the quest for 28 starts tonight. Joe, I, the postseason roster just came out. I mean, I think one of the big names that wasn't on, and, and Ted's boy, Mikey Ford. What do you think? Is there any takeaways? I mean, you wanted Mike Ford, Ford over Voight. He made Voight. They chose Voight. I only said that because of the lefty bat, and what I is, thought he was a little bit more consistent down yeah. the stretch, and I think Voight takes too many close pitches. You know, it could be a one-two count, and he looks at that inside fast. That's only my perspective. Voight's earned it, though, too. I'm not going to knock it. I like the playoff roster. I the think o- it's fine. The only – you know, and CC, listen, I'm not going to take away from – but CC, what a true team player – um, you know, realizing that he did not want to hurt the team, said, listen, I don't want to put the Yankees in a bad position. Keep me off the roster. And, you know, it's, that's that's a humbling thing. No, that's a, pro's from, pro, that's a pro's pro right there. That's why he's a pro's pro. He's and one of the most well-respected players in all the game. Joe, your takeaway from the playoff roster, any surprises? Um, yeah, look, you know, I, I think Voigt's done it. He's been there, done that. I think he's been pressing since he came off the off the injured list. I think he's a surer bet in a big moment than Mike Ford is. And I think at the end of the day, because obviously Ford being a lefty, that, that was obviously highly weighted and, and they made the right decision. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not crazy about seeing Louis Sessa. <laughs> On that postseason roster, that's your boy. It's not my boy. <laughs> uh, I think you know, that, you think that's he, a CC thing, though. Probably, probably the yeah, reason why he's I, not. I it. think that was definitely CC spot. Although Lions too. I mean, I, you know, to me, here's what I, I'm wondering. I mean, it, you know, do, do they consider Lions like a lefty specialist? Is he really? Is he going to come up in a big spot in this postseason? He's like a Jason Shreve. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I felt pretty decent about Chase and Shreve, and he wasn't that great. Yeah. I don't feel great about Lions, but I mean, I, you know, it is what it is. So let me get into the pitching staff. Did Boone and the Yankees make the right call? Paxton won. Tanaka two. 
Seve 3. I think, to me, before anybody gets, I think it's 100%. I'm 100% all for it. I think Paxson should go one and Tanaka game two just because of Tanaka's experience. And I'd rather have Tanaka, if the Yankees did lose tonight, coming off game two with his postseason experience other than James Wood Paxton not having any experience and then Seve at three I mean there's the big three that's what they're gonna roll with just like everybody's been saying all oh, the Astros got Cole Verlander and Granke this is the Yankees big three this is what they're gonna roll with going forward how do you feel about what the decision they made Trevor, I, I I would bet that what you just said is exactly what Larry Rothschild and Aaron Boone considered. You know, if you if if you know, look, Paxton's been so great for his last ten starts. Yeah, but he's been great. You know, I would I would have went, went to knock a one. No, I know, I would have never if, went. If, I didn't, if, I if it doesn't do pan out, I mean, I think there's no bigger guy uh, to to count on than. Masahiro Tanaka, we, we know That's what exactly. he's done in the post. Yeah. The most and important game, though, sometimes is game one, plus the game one pitcher is going to pitch game five. That's why I have Tanaka. I, but That's why I have Tanaka starting Understandable, but I would come back It'll with... It'll be an all-hands-on-deck situation. No, I anyway. know. But I would come back with, and that's that's understandable where you're coming from, but I would come back with... Like I said, the postseason experience of Tanaka in those big moments, pitching in a game seven. That's and, why you have him pitch game one. Paxton's look, never been look, there. But the way they, Paxton's say they, been dominating. But say they lose you're tonight. about the postseason against Justin Verlander. You know, I, but say again, they lose, we, Joe, we, say we they lose tonight. We about Tanaka, but if you're basing this on who the hot hand is, it's Paxton. And, and I think it's always I think it's always smart to ride the hot hand come postseason. But say, they, say the Yankees do lose tonight. You'd rather be having Tanaka than Paxton tomorrow. I am know. I, I am know. I right? I, maybe not. Yes. Maybe I have. Pa- I would one hundred percent want Tanaka pitching but game if, two. But if, I'm going to use your the words you just said. Keep the hot hand. If that's if, what you're, if no. Paxton's the hot hand, so I don't wor- I don't worry about him pitching game two because I know this guy has been killing it for the last six months. Means ten and zero since August first with a yeah, two point five ERA. Teddy, if you're on the road and you're trying to steal one, you go Tanaka Paxton. But since you're home, you have the home crowd. You got all that in energy behind them. You go with Paxton, the hot hand. You got one of the best yep. lineups in baseball. You go with Paxton. And then you bring back the experience of Tanaka. And he's been great. He's a 1.5 ERA in the in postseason, 3-2. and two. He's pitched against Verlander. He went toe-to-toe in Game 7 a couple years ago just because of the offense didn't get going. He went toe-to-toe with Verlander. I like this decision. Paxton won. Game 2 is... All right. Hey, hey, listen, and then Sevy, you got to win the game. And then Sevy, game three. I mean, hell, the, if if Sevy's been pitched pretty good so far since coming off the DL or the IL, if he could come in and win a clinching game, possibly, and hey, one of the best pitchers in baseball up until this injury. As Hell, I'll be as, all for it. As Joe knows, you just got to win the games. It doesn't matter. Yeah, pitch your true. pitch your game. And and do what you do best. Slug the ball, hit home runs, and and win. And and that's what it's really come down to. Yep. They got to win. So Joe, I'll ask you first the first question. What's your expectations for the game tonight, or the next two tonight and tomorrow? I'll do tonight Yankees. and tomorrow. Yeah. Tonight and then tomorrow. I'll just ask you the afterwards. I'll ask you just what's your expectation with the Astros series. But what I think the Yankees will very likely take the 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 both games in New York. I I highly expect that. Yeah, but they're unbelievable at home. We know how they are at home. They're and like, I, I'll tell out. you, to me, the key to this is is going to be simple. The Yankees cannot give Minnesota extra outs. 
Good point. We talked about this with the Good other point. games. We, I mean, you said yep. this yesterday, but errors. no errors. Smooth, clean play. It makes it even more amazing that the Cardinals won yesterday because they had about, oh, I think they had three errors at one point. I don't know if they had more, but they had three sure, errors. Sure, but when, listen, when you're a good fielding team like the Cardinals, yeah. you can survive a bad game. Yeah. If you're the Yankees and you're you're kind of a suspect team defensively, I mean, the, the Yankees certainly have some, some good players. We know Urshela's good despite what the metrics say about him you know obviously judge is a superior outfielder but but for the most part they, you know the the yankees it, the defense isn't great i think as long as they're not costing this team i think these guys are going to be fine i assume you know if things get into the bullpen the way those guys have been pitching I mean, it's lights out. I mean, it it, it really will be. I I think if the Yankees don't make any stupid mistakes, no base running errors, I think they could take care of business quick against the Twins. I got a kind of same kind of question. So how long do you think if Pax, how long do you think the pitchers go for? You think they go five or six and then go to the bullpen? And and, And the second part of this question is game one, two, and three, you haven't decided. For the ALCS, if they get there, do you expect the game four starter to be an opener? I do expect game four starter will be an opener, assuming that they're not down 0-3. Okay. If they're down 0-3, then again, I think you're going to get – it's going to be an all – I think you'll see Paxton the start. Okay. You'll see Tanaka. You'll see, you'll see anybody and everybody in that game. But, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I think the Yankees – I'm going to make a prediction here, and it's a little bold, and I'm sure people aren't going to like this. I think the Yankees are going to sweep Minnesota. I think the Yankees pitching is that much better. I think the lineups are even, but I think when you look at the bullpen, the late-inning damage, I think the Yankees can take three. And I don't think they're going to be close. I mean, I think they're going to be like bangers. I think it's like some eight, six games. I think you're going to see something like that, but I think the Yankees have too much firepower. You're That is a bold take. Listen. I don't. I don't know if they'll sweep them. I just think this Minnesota tween, 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 tween. tween. <laughs> I'll hope they play like the tweens. Um, They're tweens. That's what they are. They're yeah, almost. I, now team. here's the other thing. I mean, you probably read the thing. The owner of the uh, twins said, "Well, it's time to slay the dragon." So, slay the beast. It's time to because they. I mean, they can hit. Listen, let's give. We them know credit. this is going to be. A, this they could have, be a home run derby. They have the best. Um, hitting percentage and on-base percentage against lefty pitchers in all of baseball. So their, OP- that's, their OPS as average is 872. So how long do you think um, Boone keeps Paxton in tonight, if that's the case, for what you're just I saying, think Ted? I think unless someone's dominating and has a lead, I don't think any starter is going – I don't think anyone's getting out of the fifth. Okay. I think if you're throwing a two-hit shutout and it's four-zip, you might you might make it to the sixth or seventh. But I, okay. I, I think if it's if it's two to nothing in the fifth, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they just go right to the pen. I think it's I really think that's the Yankees' mindset. I think it has been for some time. Again, if Paxton's pitching lights out, he'll pitch until he's done. But I, I think the goal here is to try to get through five and get it to the pen. So. Listen, we know what you like. You like the Yankees in the sweep. You think a dominant force. I think there'll be a lot of runs scored, too. Let's just ask you the last question. Rays, Astros, prediction. Which, or overall feeling, just what prediction feeling? I think the Rays you, have a better shot than people Whatever you have to get, say about the series. I think the Rays have a better shot than people give them. Their bullpen is really good, and their pitching staff is great. And they've been, they were lights out the other night, and there is a lot 
a lot of pressure on this Houston Astro team because there was an article on ESPN they just said that this might be the best postseason roster ever. There's a lot of hype around this Houston Astros team. They're already the foregone conclusion winners, according to all the experts. They're going to win it all. There's a lot of pressure on this Houston Astros team. I think Tampa will definitely win a game. That's it? Just one game? I think that's all that. Yeah, I I, I think, um, again, I think at the end of the day, I, just I think Houston's just too good a team. I, I, it's for me, the Yankees and, and the Astros – and the Dodgers are seriously a, a, a cut above everybody else. And I think, you know, I mean, maybe maybe in a five-gamer, maybe maybe a miracle could happen. Okay. But I think asking Tampa to win three out of five is going to be tough. Yeah, that's a tall tough. order for them All against right. really superior pitching and a, and a much better lineup. Okay. Sounds good. Joseph? Thank you for joining us as always. I'm glad you got to be a part of the show today. Feel better. Yeah, feel feel better. <laughs> have a great weekend, buddy. I will see you. We'll see you next week. We'll see how this Sounds Yankees good. We'll see Go how Yankees. Go Yankees. We'll see how it turns out. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking our final break. When we call when we come back, we will have another caller. Jazz, the big old Kanish to talk week six predictions. And I'm also gonna tell you why I do not think is Clemson a top four team right now, currently in college football. And I'm going to give you my explanation of my top five rankings last week that I got bashed for. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Keys of the City. We'll be right back, folks. You're listening to Keys to the City, brought to you by All Noise Radio. Here's your host, Trevor and Ted. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. Ted, what's going on? Oh, we're losing it. Oh, you know why? Because we're we're in the month of October. It's the month, yeah. Weather's changing. Can you tell me that again? Yeah, the other day it was 90 degrees in the Northeast, and today and yesterday it's raining and it was 50 degrees. That's beautiful today. Is it though? I'm looking outside. So, I'm looking outside right now. It's it's. It's pretty good. It's kind of like Clemson right now. It's nice, but it's not been great. Clemson, the first month, all coming into this year, first month, we were taught, we were, we were taught, Clemson, Alabama, foregone conclusion, they're going to be meeting. And, and the Clemson After a month, was going to be historically great. After a month, the Clemson Tigers have not been historically great. It's been, a we- it been, it's been weird, though, the first month, I would say. The, the, think about this. The two best football teams, or surprises so far, in the month of September are both in the SEC, but their names are not Alabama and Georgia. Their names are LSU and Auburn. Those have been the two best football teams currently. In the SEC? No, in all of college football. That, now, that don't mean well, Reagan. Wait, did you say the best teams? Or most surpri- like most surprising? Overall. So they have, they have the best wins, and they've been the most dominant. LSU went into Texas and dominated, and they've been dominant throughout this whole season. Then you look at Auburn. You get that big win against Oregon early. You got a true freshman at quarterback, Bo Nix. Are you telling me Auburn is the second best team in college? No, I'm not ranking them. I'm not putting LSU in one or two. This has nothing to do with rankings. This has to do with an overall review of September. If I was going to do a review in September, I would say 
Clemson hasn't looked good at all. They haven't looked like the superior team that everyone suspected. Mm-hmm. Alabama's been dominant, but they haven't played anyone. Okay, neither is neither really is Ohio State. Who cares? I, I mean, you got to do. You got to play who's on your I, schedule, I, and you take or take. I know that, but if you, I was saying the two most, the two teams that have been dominant and also surprising in the. In the way they've played in dominant fashion, it would be LSU. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow has put himself in the Heisman candidacy. They have a quarterback that throws for more than 200 yards or and 100 the, yards. And then Auburn. Auburn went into Texas A&M and dominated Texas A&M. And we both had that game. Both had Texas A&M winning at yeah, home. Yeah, we did. Dominated. Yeah, we did. And they also beat Oregon. Well, now, Oregon Oregon lo- has one- Oregon's got one loss. That's very good. Both teams, that's good for Oregon. If they ever want to get to a college football playoff, they keep winning. And the Auburn Tigers, the best thing that can happen is Auburn continuously wins. I mean, and they, and they beat Mississippi State. And Mississippi State's always a tough team in the SEC. So you look they at those— They killed Mississippi State. No, I know. They destroyed them. Auburn's looked great. Don't but, get me wrong. And my takeaway from LSU is—and this is really—so we're doing a segment of review of oh, September. Can I give you my take? Oh, hold on. I was just going to finish off of the LSU thing. Okay. You look at where LSU has been. It's always been great defense and the running football, running football. But now you look at— what is it? LSU's points per game is up more than 25 from last year and more than 30 points from the previous year. Mm-hmm. Tigers are second nationally in passing yards per game after following rankings in the past f- previous five seasons. 67th, 84th, 101st, 106th, and 116th. And that's something that we've never talked about LSU, and that's the reason why I'm bringing that up is because when if you're going to compete for a national championship and you're going to beat Alabama, you got to be able to throw the ball because my teams that have been Alabama before have Chad's been calls. able to throw. I want to say my thing before Chad. My oh. biggest overall take, yes, great surprise, SEC once again being the SEC. My biggest surprise, we might be on the verge of seeing the third straight Oklahoma quarterback winning a Heisman. Jalen Hurts has looked amazing. He's flourishing in that offense. Lincoln Riley is a genius. He's an offensive genius, and I would love to see him one day be go into the NFL. Do you know because, what his Do you know what his QBR is right now, bud? It doesn't matter. What I've seen on <laughs> paper, what he's done for the first five weeks, he's looked remarkable. He's looked like possibly the Heisman favorite right now, and he's continuously the continued trend of Oklahoma quarterbacks possibly winning a Heisman. Lincoln Riley has to be in the mention. I mean, we all talk about Nick Saban. And Dabo Sweeney as the best coaches. Lincoln Riley's got to be right there because Lincoln Riley is a genius, and it's showing again. Jalen Hurts, amazing. Now they got to play Texas soon. That's coming up in a, what another week or two, I think. Texas, Oklahoma, like two weeks. week six or seven, a week seven now, or eight. He, and now I want to add to your point. You know this. Hurts right now is on pace to break the number of single season, multi, single season records, multiple ones, yeah. including passing efficiency and yards per pass. Right now he's averaging 15.2 yards per pass attempt. Yeah, it's incredible. But who do you give credit to? Do you give it to him being that no, great no, of a no, quarterback, or to, you give it to I win? give it to the coach, but I also give it to the Oklahoma coaching staff and system Wait, that so they hold, gave this guy an on. opportunity to prove. Well, you're a person that's been pretty adamant of always saying the players play and the coaches coach. Yes. So, but you say that you would give more credit to Lincoln Riley for his play on the field. Well, here's the thing: I always thought Jalen Hurts was a good quarterback, but the Alabama system is set up for. Hand the ball off on first down, hand the ball off on second down, play action pass, don't turn the ball over, and we're going to play sound, great defense. That's the way Alabama, and we also have better talent. There you go, we got the area. The big old Kanish. Big old Kanish, you are live on Keys to the City. What's up? What's cooking, guys? What's cooking with you, big fella? I get to see you tomorrow. I'm excited. I I can't wait to see you. 
I got some big winners for you tomorrow. So, so Chaz, we were just before you get into the game picks, we were just talking a little bit of review of the September. You know, and it's an easy month. A lot of teams don't play, There's you know, big, big games. Time. There's been some there big games. There haven't been that many big games. And I said right now my two biggest surprises and dominant teams that I've seen so far is LSU and Auburn. Just because of the teams they played, the one that and you're not surprised. Like what? Alabama's dominant. And what so would be Ohio your ta- what would be your quick takeaway from the first month? month. Of, yeah, of what would be your football? takeaway in the month of September? Uh, really quickly, surprising that LSU actually adopted a modern offense and that's they're actually moving the football and throwing the football extremely well. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge surprise. I think really, let's be honest, guys. Take away Clemson's you know national championship win last year and all that talent, their resume is not very impressive. Um, they don't I have think the wins. how dominant the Buckeyes have been, how well Justin Fields has played, um, you know, that they have not skipped a beat since Urban Meyer left. And I'm going to say it, guys, Michigan's offensive struggles have shocked me as well. That does I, not, I, I don't know why that's I don't know why that surprises you I, every year, every year. It's surprising to you. It's not. I think it's comical because every t- every year. Teams or this team is always hyped up to be they're going to finally do it. They're going to get over the hump. Urban Meyer's going. They're going to beat Ohio State. Hell, who knows how many games they're winning if they're winning eight or nine this year. They do not look good. And that's why I just each and every year I'll never buy into this team until they get an actual quarterback, a really good quarterback. I'm sorry. That's just my Just remember, if it wasn't for a bot snap and a misplaced football – Jim Harbaugh's narrative at Michigan would be very, very, very different. Yeah, that, that's all. Awesome. You're 100 percent right. 100 percent right, my brother. I said Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts has looked great. And I posted last week my top five teams, and I got a lot of criticism for it because I put Ohio. I want to know what your top five teams would be right now in the first month, and then we'll get to the uh, games. Ohio State, As Ohio one? State, LSU, Alabama, Georgia. I can't put Clemson there, guys. I'm I'm sorry. They just haven't impressed me. Would you put I, I, Auburn? Would you put Auburn? No, I'm going to tell you who I Oklahoma? really want. I, I think Oklahoma. I was just so saying, you have three SEC teams in the top five. Yeah, as much as it painstakes me because I don't like anything besides the Waffle House uh, <laughs> south of the Mason-Dixie line. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I can't I – can't, I can't argue. I think LSU has been looked super explosive. That win against Texas on the road has been huge. You know, Alabama, despite, you know, not playing anybody, they've been blowing everybody out by 50. I, I guys, Clemson has sleptwalk. And I think that they're, they remind me of that Jameis Winston, Florida State team that the year after they won the national championship, that sleptwalk through the regular must season. Be, must be and an ACC it, it, thing. Yeah. And honestly, they have not looked impressive. Nope. They should have lost last week to North Carolina. When you don't have any big games on your schedule and you're an 18, 19, You play to your levels competition. You play to your levels competition. And it's hard to get these kids up thinking, think about it. Trevor Lawrence going in. Ah, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You got two NFL uh, wide receivers. You got an NFL running back. Dabo Sling is your coach. You're Clemson. You got no competition. You're like, listen, I can walk on the field and I'm better than all these guys. So there's no, there's no... No enthusiasm. There's no reason for them to every week go in. I mean, I'm just waiting for them to put a hurting on somebody, like a 50-point blowout in the ACC, and then we're like, okay, Trevor Lawrence throws for 500 yards, and then we're we're all shut up. So I'm not crazy for saying Ohio State right now after the first month is the best team in college football. I'm not crazy for that. And I'm not a a biased – I'm a homer. I know I'm I'm an Ohio State guy, but I've seen a lot of people pit Ohio State number one in the country right now. 
I think crazy. the I, I think everybody was questioning whether Justin Fields was going to be able. He's outplayed and has better numbers than Dwayne Haskins. I think everybody was concerned with you know Urban Meyer leaving, and I think that one of the big things that this team has realized is there's going to be no hiccups like there have been years in the past. There's going to be no 30 point losses to Iowa. We are going to take care of business this year. And you know, I'll back him up. Chaz did say, "Watch out, Ohio State." You did say last there. week national championship. That's your prediction. Let's get into the games, though. Big week in the SEC. We'll talk about that game in a few. But we're going to start off in the Pac-12. This could have been a top 15 matchup a week ago. Cal. Cal, if they just beat Arizona State. Herm Edwards, we beat, baby. We beat Herm Edwards. Two most, very impressive wins this year. They have Michigan State and now they beat in Cal. Cal. Two impressive wins. At Cal and at Michigan. That so is true. That's missing. So, does Cal go in to Autzen Stadium? And an Oregon team that's starting to click right now. Herbert's looks great. Nobody's really talking about Justin Herbert this year. But he's looked great. This Cal, the Cal Bears come back and take out the Pac-12 for good because I think this is the only chance for the Pac-12, the only team in Oregon. And Oregon also needs Auburn to keep winning because it looks good on the resume then if they lost like that. So do the Bears go into Autzen and pull off the upset? I would rather watch Fox News in the Pac-12. So let's keep this like Teddy between the sheets, short and sweet. Oregon's offense depends on their ability to run the football. It stalled against Auburn and Stanford, and the offense struggled. It clicked against Devon and Montana, and they looked like the vintage ducks when Chip Kelly rolled the sidelines. The Evan Weaver for Heisman campaign will get a major boost this weekend as the Bears' defense will stymie Oregon's rushing attack. There's no way Oregon's losing in the zoo, but I'm going to take the 17 and a half here. I've, I found the spread huge. I just looked at them like, no, all right, what, that's, that's, a just a, that's a huge spread considering Cal one week ago was the 15th ranked team in the football. The second game, here we go. This, is, this could be for his job. I know it's crazy, but the big house could be hearing a lot of boos if they don't perform well this week. The Hawkeyes of Iowa are going in to the big house to take on your favorite guy, Jim Harbaugh, Kirk and Big Blow. What's going to happen? Is Iowa for real? Because they haven't played a very good schedule. They're 6-11 combined opponents record, one of the worst in the college football. Does Michigan, I don't know, what's going to happen? This game is very intriguing. What happens? Does your team win? Or do the Iowa Hawkeyes pull off the, another upset as well? When a defining moment comes along, you define the moment or the moment defines you. This game is the defining moment for the Jim Harbaugh era. The Iowa defense has held opponents to 34 total points in the past four games, but they're last in the nation in tackles for a loss. A lack of pass rush and an inspired effort from the Wolverines on defense will propel Michigan to victory. Teams that are made of something bounce back from adversity. Hail to the victors, hail to the khakis, and hail to laying the five and a half. Chaz, I want to just tell you one thing before you get to the next pick. Do you realize in the preseason this was a 14-point spread? Now it's in a three. No, well now, now it's, it's a, oh, now it's up to a five and a half. Now this was a, t- a two touchdown 14, game, but though. because of that Wisconsin game, that is how much the that's be- crazy. That's how much Vegas. It's an overreaction. This is the best Wisconsin team in the in the in the past decade. Oh, I and I totally agree with that too. So let's move on. Let's to that move next on game, to as many people believe, possibly the best team in college football right now. They're wearing the all blacks tomorrow, all blackout uniform tomorrow against Michigan State. Do the Spartans? 
realistically have any chance? Is it the only chance they could is to get to field and like kind of get him uncomfortable? Justin Fields, Fields, Justin Fields. Is that the only way they have a chance in this game and stopping Chase Young as well? Guys, Can't do both. Ohio State's offense has been on cruise control. <laughs> However, this is going to be their first real test against a quality defense. Mm-hmm. Yes, Cincinnati's defense is statistically terrific. And believe it or not, Indiana is ranked 35th in the nation for total defense. But give me a break. The Spartans are 3-5 and five in their last eight games against the Buckeyes, with two of those losses coming by a single point. I never pick against a Catholic school or an Italian head coach. This pick will be no different. Give me spaghetti alla Sparty with the 18 and a half. That's a huge spread. Spaghetti alla Say that again. What did you just say? Spaghetti alla Sparty with the 18 and a half. All righty. Let's get over to the massive game in the SEC. Here, This is going to be a run of SEC dominating now because you're going to have the big games. Next week, Florida plays LSU, I think, as well. So Florida's going. This is their nightmare stretch. Here we go. First game. The Tigers going into the swamp against an unproven Florida team right now offensively. Defensively, they looked great, but an unproven team. And then Bo Nix as well. He's starting to heat up. Does Bo go into the swamp and pull off another <laughs> victory? What do you think? Guys. Or is he draining the swamp? Is he going to drain Bo the swamp? Nix. Bo Nix has been one of the biggest surprises in college football thus far. Heat check time. He turned it loose against Mississippi State, throwing for 335 yards and two touchdowns. But he's in for a rude awakening on Saturday in the swamp. Florida is getting their top pass rusher back and an NFL caliber corner as well. Even with these absences, the Gator defense has been allowing just under nine points per game. Florida is like the girl you take home to mom. Not sexy, but dependable. Wow, I love it. I'm taking the home underdog here and grabbing that three. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it, buddy. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, brother? We'll see you at Valenti's wedding. Sounds good. Love you, buddy. Thank you. Oh, man, he is a bundle of joy. That shocked me. That shocked me that he picked the Gators. So let's get into the games. Let's start off in the Pac-12. Cal, like I said, once this could have been a top 15 matchup a week ago, Cal loses to Arizona State. They're going into Autzen Stadium, one of the toughest places to play in all of college football by far. The Ducks, like he said, the offense struggled against their two quality opponents, but Herbert has looked good. And I think it comes down to Justin Herbert. If Justin Herbert continue, can play to the expectations of where he's supposed to be, which is a top three pick next year in next year's NFL draft, I expect the Ducks to take care of business and continue their the only team's hope and conference's hope in getting to a college football playoff chance is this Oregon Duck team. I think Oregon rolls, and I think they win about 40 to 21. Say with conviction, baby. Don't think. I say 40 to 21. I like it. I like it. I'm done. Now, Cal has the leading tackler in college football, the middle linebacker. They have a solid team. It was a disappointing loss last week. Hell yeah. Home against Arizona State. Very disappointing. Now, we'll, see, we'll find out if their starting quarterback is going to play this week. He got banged up last week. That will be a big factor. If he's able to suit up, this will be a closer game. But at the end of the day, Oregon's going to have too much talent. They're going to be home. They don't lose in the zoo. 
And Oregon wins by two touchdowns. I say 38-21. Say it with conviction. I did. You didn't really. I did. You were thinking about it. No, I did not. Say it with your chest, brother. That's because I was thinking what I was going to say without talking. For once in my life, I thought before I spoke. Bravo. <laughs> about time, right, Jeff? I know. I'm only, I'm only messing around. The next game, like you heard Chaz. And I, I, I love it because this is this could be this the, is a make or break for Michigan. Be, if they lose this make game, make or break. This is the make or break for Harbaugh's tenure. No, no. If I, they lose, if they lose, this is not, they're not going to fire Teddy, him. No, well, his his seat got just that much. What if, they, what if, if he beat gets, Ohio State at the end of the season? If he gets, it would, fu- it Ted, would If he gets, fu- if they lose another game and they get dominated and they're playing in the big house on top of it, I know Hoga, big day, the big day, WWE SmackDown on Fox. If Postseason starting actually right now. If they lose at home to Iowa, who is a an undefeated team right now, but haven't played anybody yet, if they come into the big house and take care of business, this is this might be this might be it. This, this game, might be the final. This is cherry on top. I don't. Say, hey, Jay. I, I don't think so yet. Not yet. I know. I know you. You that have be two losses. I still have to play Michigan State. Still have to play Penn State. Still have to play Ohio State. Things could change. You beat. Oh, here's the thing. You lose a game like this, right? But you beat Ohio State at the end of the season. They ain't beating Ohio State. I, uh, they ain't beating Ohio State. That's what you usually think. They're that. not beating Ohio State. But if State, they did, the it changes the whole story. Listen, this is a Kurt Ferentz team. We know what Kurt Ferentz is in Iowa. Great coach. The great coach. Underappreciated. He gets the best out of the talent that he has. Okay? They always have a stymie defense. They, they still have, a, have Nate Nate Stanley still there. I know. I mean, that's experience. That's I'll he's take, a senior. He's gonna know how to play. He's gonna be ready. They have they have a top ten talent. Defensive end. Oh, yeah. Okay? They have solid players. We know what type of tight ends. They always produce hard-nosed running backs. This is going to be one of those old-school, knit-grip. It's going to be 17-14 Michigan wins with a late field goal. That's how Michigan wins. This is going to be a defensive matchup. Both teams, it's going to be a field position game. Not so fast. I'm going with the upset, even though Iowa's ranked 14th and Michigan's 18th. I'm going with the Hawkeyes. Nate Stanley's experience, Kirk Ferentz's experience in big games. I like what he's done. He's, he's been there forever. I mean, I remember when he was, he was one of the coaches when Matt Leiner was at USC and Reggie Bush. And, oh, no, Carson Palmer. They played in the Orange Bowl, Iowa, Brad, Brad Banks. Yes, as the quarterback. number seven. And they, they, they lost. They got killed. They got killed to, at USC and Carson Palmer. And Ferentz is still— 2002. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. And Ferentz was still the coach there. It's amazing that he's been there for 17, probably longer. It's amazing what he's been able to establish in that program. And Iowa has been— I give Michigan the advantage because they're home. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Always got to give the— But I'm going. It's a noon game, and I expect our Hawkeyes to pull off the upset. Go into the big house, and the seat of Jim Harbaugh just got that much hotter, according to Trev. So I got the Hawkeyes winning. I got 21 to 17. And I just re- I'm just reading this. I got 21, Iowa 17. has won each of the last two meetings against the Wolverines by a combined, remember they not- combined four points. Yeah, remember they won on the walk-off field goal a couple years ago? Michigan was uh, going to go to the college football playoff. They beat them on a Saturday night. Yes. 14-13. Yes. I think we were at Geronimo's watching it. I think we were at Geronimo's watching it. I remember that. Probably. Yes, I remember. Yep. Yes, now, yes, now yes. remembers. 38-yard like field goal. Now he remembers. There was Let's a lot get... of te- te- tequila that night. <laughs> we'll drink a tequila. I had tequila. Well, uh, tequila's cousin, good. Cousin was pouring the... Oh, yeah. He's taking care of us. He's great. He's great. The third game. Another Big Ten matchup. To me, the most complete team. I'll give you that right before we get out. 
Ohio State, Michigan State. Michigan State gives problems to this Ohio State team in the past, but this is a different Ohio State team. Ryan Day, this team is hungry. They're they seem angry for being disrespected the past couple of years. I think they have. I think they're going to blow out Michigan State too. I think they're going to destroy Michigan State. Actually, I think this trend of Justin Fields being dominant. And you think his case for Heisman goes that much up, farther up after this victory? J.K. Dobbins has been a beast. Antonio knows how to coach defense. That's though. true. He knows how to coach. Michigan State always gives Guess Ohio what? State. You got to score points. And they have two top ten talents, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Well, they have a defensive end who might he of don't breaking, play offense, though. But I know. But I their, know, their just, offense has been lights out. The, they haven't played no one defensively. This is going to be the best defense by you far. You have to stop Chase Young. Chase Young is Chase Young doesn't run the ball. I'm, I'm talking about pa- you're going to have to score points. I know. And when you're de- when that defense thing. is after Michigan State's going to play great defense and they're going to hold them. You can only do so much with a good defense. But eventually I was going to say the damn breaks. You can and only Ohio- de- Ted you could only do I'm so much. I'm still picking Ohio State. I'm just saying so. Michigan State's going to play great defense. They're going to hold them. If you ball. didn't, I would say you have to I get off the show. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be 31. What? 31 Oh my God! Ten, Ohio State wins. So three touchdowns. Thirty-one. You gave me all this hype of Michigan State. Great defense. They'll play great. Lose by three touchdowns. Not a great defense. It's not great defense. Thirty-one. Holding Ohio State right now, the thirty-one points is great defense because no one else can even hold them under fifty. Ohio State's putting up forty-five plus. Trev Fields gonna, has got over a thousand yards, sixteen touchdowns, no interceptions. Ohio State's winning forty-five plus on they, this game. Really, then J.K. Dobbins—they've been absolutely dominant. They've taken care of business in their schedule. Yes, their schedule has been weak, but you have to take advantage Shot and is. take care of what you are given. Quick question: Knowing the history of these two teams and how well they play against each other, and how well they're coached, would you be shocked at twenty-seven twenty-one game? Because no. really, that's more of no. a, I think, a realistic score. I could see twenty-seven twenty-one or twenty-seven. Would I be shocked? Twenty-seven. No, 17? because like you just said, I know what Michigan. Michigan State does with Ohio State. I've seen it in the past, and I've and Michigan State and Mark D'Antoni love Mark D'Antoni as a coach. Best coach in Michigan right now in the state of Michigan, D'Antoni. He's been unbelievable, so underappreciated, and I and that's why I said I would not be surprised. Listen, Michigan State's going to play great, but the reason why I think Ohio State, everyone's got to look at them differently. Is last year they were historically bad on defense. Historically and this bad. This defense is really good. This now. defense this year is much better, much more improved. Get after the quarterback. They, Yes. They cause turnovers. I know the competition hasn't been good, but guess what? They take adva- they're beating them. They're taking advantage of them. And they're I'm sorry, but if you go business. to Nebraska and you went 58 to nothing, it's still that is impressive. I don't TCB. They're taking care of business. That's what they do. I like that. You never heard of that? Is that new to you? Yeah. Is that like a new thing? Is that 2019? He's never heard. He's never heard of that. Is that? New? He's never heard of that. Is that new? No. No. <laughs> How long has that been around, TCB? Ask anybody. Go post it on Facebook. How long has TCB been around? The, the I, know the bar, I know a bar yeah. named TCB. I think Ohio State wins 45-20. to 20. I just don't think Michigan State has enough offense to generate any offense against this defense who's been dominant, and they have to be able – I do not see them stopping Justin Fields in that offense more than a couple drives. Do you remember the game a couple years ago in a rain game, night game, Ohio State, and they barely won, but Michigan State missed a field goal at the end? No, Ohio Michigan State, State beat, the, beat them with the field goal yeah. when they had Zeke. Zeke and um just beware of this Michigan State team. I will. When you lost Arizona State at home ten to nine, I'm not really worried. <laughs> Anyways, let's get over to the final game, the massive game in the SEC. Here we go. The nightmare stretch for both these teams of just playing the top top notch teams in the <sighs> SEC. Here we go. The swamp. One of the best places, one of the best venues, one of the best crowds, and one of the best theme Maybe songs. Maybe one day I'll go. And there. one of the best theme songs too. Fight songs. I love the game. Now, Gus Malzahn was on the hot seat coming into this season. Not right now, he isn't. Right now, it's chilled <laughs> right, off. I think, I think it's a little chill now. This, listen, this game, 
is has so many similarities. Both defenses are stout. Both teams are going to start true Something's freshman. Something's got to give. Start true freshman quarterback. Bo Nix. Bo Nix. And Kyle Trask. Yeah, and Kyle Trask, listen, he's looked good in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played no one. Understandable. Mm-hmm. The, the question for me will be, will Florida's offensive line, who has struggled mightily throughout the whole season, yeah. will they be sufficient enough to pr- protect? Let me ask you this question. I want you, I, as a Florida fan, what do you want to see from this team? And what do you expect? To, what do you want to see from them? Not even expect. I'll, you'll give me your prediction. Listen, I, what I do know, you want to see listen, from this Florida the, team? I know what the defense is. The defense is always great. It's like Michigan State, similar. Mm-hmm. But the offense? The offense has been the problem. Are we going to be able to run the football first? You, you, because we are gonna, we're a run-first-centric team. Mm-hmm. Okay, We're missing one of our best players who's going to be out for the game, Tony. Okay. The kid that had that long run yeah. against Miami. The, yep, 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 yeah. The t- he's out. But we get our best cornerback back, who's been out for the last two weeks, and we get our best pass rusher back. Now, the defense has still been stout. Florida's always gets great defense. That's never been the problem. This game is not going to be won on the defense. It's going to be on what offensive line can control the defense line. Can Auburn do what they do? And that's – listen, Gus Malzahn, his, ab- his ability to run you. like the, the option, mm-hmm. okay, I have, a, I have a question for you. Uh, you know, the, the motions and everything. I look at Gus Malzahn and Dan Mullen, Hold similar on. coaches. Give me, one, give, me, give me this. Do you think teams like Florida and Michigan, do you think they'll never be able to get to where they want to be unless they don't have a quarterback? Because they've had great defenses in the past, but the quarterback play has been subpar. So do you, so at do the you end think, of the day, the quarterback has think, to make the play. Exactly. So do you think they need, those teams will never be – Playoff contenders because of the fact that they don't have quarterback. The quarterback play is. Yeah. I think Bo Nix is getting there now. If you, I'm have, talking about Florida and like a Michigan. Now because here's the, yes. Okay. Now here's the thing. If I'm not a four fan of Florida, mm-hmm. I'm picking Auburn in this game. I think Auburn. They're Auburn's defensive line is going to wreak havoc on the Florida offense line, and I don't know if this kid is ready for this big game. Kyle Trask. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's ready yet. Bo Nix has been in a big game. Okay. His first big game was against Oregon. He led them down when they needed a victory. Okay. Okay, so he's been there. He's at played Texas A&M, Mississippi State. So he's played bigger competition. This kid, Kyle Trask, has not this played. This defense is good, though. This Both defense defenses, is really good. They're really good. Something's got to give on offense. Something's got to get. This is all about something's got to give on offense. Which offense can make the play? That's what it comes down to because I know what these defenses are going to do. Both are dominant. Both are nasty. Both get after the quarterback, cause turnovers. It comes down to which offense makes the play. A lot of the experts like Auburn. Auburn's the favorite, even though it's at Florida. I guess that's that's why I'm not an expert because guess what? I think if if you were asking me to be totally like down the middle, I'd pick Auburn. I really would. I I say it with conviction. I I, I'm not. I can't say conviction because my team is Florida. Okay, so. I'm, I'm hoping I'm proven wrong. I just think Auburn, the way they've been playing, they've played better competition. Florida has not played stellar competition. Miami's not that good. Yeah. They played Townsend last week, 30. I, they haven't so played who, it. So you're picking Auburn, Flo- I feel, is better prepared Are for this. Are you picking Florida or no? No. I'm picking Auburn to win the game. Wow. By 10 points. Wow, okay. I think Auburn has been preparing for this game all season. They're not overlooking Florida. Florida's going to play as hard as they possibly can. I just don't know if Florida's going to have enough offensively to win this game. I, listen, I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope the Florida Gators win by 100. If you told me, Ted, 
who would you pick, life or death? I'd pick Auburn. I'm picking the Florida Gators. I'm going to go with the Florida Gators. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my chances. I feel like this team is talented enough defensively to make the plays and cause Bo Nix. I know Bo Nix is starting to get hot, but I can see Florida, the defense, it's going to, they're going to have, these two quarterbacks are going to have tough times, tough if, days. If Florida's going to win this, they're going to win this with a special team touchdown, like a punt return. Do you remember last off? year when they played LSU and they, LSU was like a top five team and they came into the swamp and Florida, they all thought LSU was going to roll and, and Florida beat them? It's exactly what I think is going to happen. And I, and I, I could see it being like a... 20 to 17 game. Florida's going to have to win defensively. They that, they're going to have to win this. I think it comes down to both teams to winning defensively. But one team's going to have to make that one play. And that's what it comes down to. And, in I, game. and, I, and you know what that's going to come down to? It's going to come down to the coaches. Okay. Dan Mullen and Gus Malzahn. Two similar coaches in the styles that they coach. Mm -hmm. What coach is going to be able to make that... That, that change. Play. Yeah, that play, that adjustment. That adjustment, because like we talk about in NFL, there's no better guy in second half adjustments than Bill Belichick. Yeah, that's a given. You know, that's a given. Can Dan Mullen make the adjustments on the run? Can Gus Malzahn make you the adjustments? You got the home crowd. That 90-some people are oh, going to be insane. Great. It's going to be great. 330 CBS. 330 CBS. Can't wait. I'm picking the Gators, though. I'm, I'm going to go with the Gators, bro. I can't believe you didn't pick your Gators. I, I'm doing Whatever, that. that's fine. Pick the opposites. Did you pick the Vikings? I think I picked the Vikings to win, too. I picked the Vikings. Because everybody's on the Giants. A lot of people on the Giants. Don't get too... All right. Before we got out, I want to give my reaction, and people kind of went at me on this, because I had my top five predictions of the first month, my top five teams. Number one, Ohio State. Number two was Bama. Number three was LSU. Number four was Clemson. Number five was Georgia. I say Ohio State. Because, yes, they haven't played anybody, but Clemson hasn't played anybody. Alabama hasn't played anybody. LSU played somebody. Oklahoma Georgia, really hasn't played Oklahoma anybody. hasn't really played anybody. I think this is the most complete team in college football right now. I know people might say Alabama. I love what Justin Fields is doing. Their defense is getting after the quarterback, causing turnovers. They're running the football. They're throwing the football. Justin Fields can run with his feet, and he's got an unbelievable arm. They are the most complete team right now, being the most dominant. You only can do what you are given on your schedule. And when I say Clemson at four, and somebody and a couple people said, oh, because but they're defending national championships. But give me a time this year that they've been look they've looked convincingly. One convincingly. They looked convincing in any of their games. None of them. Trevor Lawrence looked convincing in any of his games. Has he's it? He's got like more they picks this year than he does all last year. Let's be realistic. They should have lost last week if it wasn't for a terrible play call by North Carolina. They, exactly. They were they're coughing. They're choking. North Carolina blew that game. They had an opportunity to pull off the upset. They have not looked good, Clemson. I will not put Clemson until they look impressive. I'm sorry. Their schedule does, is not given. I'm sorry. The ACC stinks. It's bad. But Ohio State has looked great. It's either, for me, it was either Alabama or Ohio State. I went with Ohio State because, yes, I'm an Ohio State fan, but they've looked convincing. Each win, dominant. Not even close. One of the big games this week they're talking about is Cincinnati against UCF. Ohio State just beat them by Cincinnati by six touchdowns. I know Cincinnati's not a top. I mean, Cincinnati is a pretty good content team. How about... How about Nebraska was one of the darlings of— And then—oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Go into—exactly. Thank you. Nebraska, one of the darlings of the year coming in. Oh, they're going to be great. They're going to be great. Yeah. They lost 48 to nothing. It could have been 70 to nothing. I know. Easily. They shut out two great—two really 
good programs. Nebraska hasn't been good, but Cincinnati's been competitive. And they shut them out both. Clemson hasn't played anybody to say wow. And they almost lost to North Carolina. Alabama hasn't played anybody. Now they're taking care of business. Clemson, to me, I'm lucky I put them in my top four. But because what I've seen a lot on TV is some people don't even have Clemson in the top four right now. Charles didn't have him in the top five. No, he had all, he had LSU, he had Georgia, he had Ohio State, and he had Oklahoma or Alabama. He had Ohio State, we had Alabama, Al- had LSU, Georgia. He had three teams in the top four. Yes. Three SEC teams in Ohio State. That's what he had. He had Ohio State, and Bama, Oklahoma. LSU, and um, Georgia. Yeah, and, and then o- Oklahoma was five. five. He didn't even have them. Clemson in the yeah. top four. So he had he had the S, he had Ohio State one, he had Alabama, LSU, and Georgia, two, three, four, and mm-hmm. then Oklahoma five. He didn't and then and he didn't have Clemson. Clemson. He didn't have Clemson. Until Clemson because you can make the argument Clem, uh, Auburn is the sixth best team. Until Clemson has yeah, they could be possibly the seventh best team. You can make the argument Notre Dame is right there. Okay, they lost a tough, tough game. They looked great. And they proven they looked good Jordan, so far. And they've looked good. I'm just saying that until Clemson, I know they're not going to have a tough schedule going forward, but until they look convincing. Start proving it. Start proving it. Trevor Lawrence, you were supposed to be oh, going to have the greatest year in the world. Clemson, the greatest world. You're going to be the most dominant team ever. You haven't looked not even close to the word dominant. Until you prove me, I'm not putting Clemson in my top three. I know I'm a homer, but Ohio State's looked the most convincing. Ladies and gentlemen, we are signing off. The quest for 28 starts tonight. Very excited as a Yankee fan. I can't wait. Thank you to Joe Aguirre and Big Chaz for calling in today. If you didn't get to see our show today, check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow our page, Keys to the City, as well. Everybody, have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back next week. See you later, everyone. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness. And the man. Double up on facts we stating Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation So what you saying, what we saying, prime information Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements Streaming every Friday